Okay, so I have the mask on my face, <laughs> but I wanted to share this with you. Um, This lady that you see on the screen, this is the second video that I've watched by her. It's coming up in my algorithm. And in her last uh, short, she talked about how she was diagnosed as a sociopath at a young age. And I find it fascinating that she's sharing her story and her perspective. Um, and it's pretty packed considering this is just a second short. I'm going to play the short in a little bit from YouTube. But I want you to hear this, you know, because there's been a lot of talk lately about... Um, that's my little one, Bruno. <laughs> he wants to go chase something. Oh, gosh. Okay, so... um. It, you know, we've been talking a lot about should you blame yourself and, and to what degree should you feel guilty for being manipulated? I know that's something that I have to still process and deal on, on a, you know, it, the, the residue is still there. I'm, I'm much better off. But I think hearing her perspective um, in terms of a lot of times when we're dealing with other people and we are we we bond with them or we let our guard down or we get attached to them i want you to hear this right and talking also this is important because if you're being codependent and you are starting to feel like if you can fix them then i'll be better and we'll be better together and um, then you can get yourself in trouble, I think is one. And then two, if this person has no intentions of being authentic or they're just using you, you know, this is how you end up in that twin flame relationship where you're just waiting like year after year after year after year. Um, I've talked about how one of the reasons I got out of that whole genre is because I started to see a lot of similarities between the Christian church and the twin flame journey. And also, you know, I, I'll never forget I was in a, in a, in a chat um, on YouTube and one of the different women were sharing like how long it's been since they're waiting to get into union with their twin flame. And it was like eight months, two years, five years, Eight years, and I'll never forget this woman said 11 years. And at that point, it's like all the alarm bell bells and whistles went off in my mind. I'm like, Yeah, no, this is not healthy, this is not normal. Um, and so from there, I just started to have a little bit more of a logical perspective on that. But let me go ahead and play her journey, her journey, and then I'm gonna go put my little fur baby to bed because <laughs> it's that time of night. So let's go. Sociopath, and here's why you shouldn't blame yourself for being conned by one of us. We are very good at what we do. Manipulation comes early and naturally in childhood. This is the only way we can start to relate to other people. I knew that I could make people cry or get them suspended if I used the right words. We know how to elicit emotional responses. We're not at fault. You're not crazy. If you're dealing with an obsessive, toxic sociopath, there's not a whole lot you can do. Make yourself as boring as humanly possible. Give them no material to work with. If you make yourself an easy target, you will be manipulated, especially if you have resources that they want. If something mm. or someone sounds too good to be true, they are. The hardest thing not to fall for is our fake promises. We say them with such sincerity. Sometimes we mean them in the moment, but it's very rare for us to act on them. I just accept people's life plans when they say they want to live with me and buy a house together. Do you think I'd actually do that? <laughs> All right, let me play this one more time. 
a sociopath and here's why you shouldn't blame yourself for being conned by one of us. We are very good at what we do. Manipulation comes early and naturally in childhood. And you know, she's the second person I've heard talk about this. I think it might be um, Robert Greene. I have been enjoying his shorts also. Check him out on YouTube. Um, and he is a critically acclaimed, worldwide acclaimed um, author of The Strategies of War. Um, um, 48 Laws of Power. I think, um, I think I mentioned Strategies one, but there's another one that's called Strategy of War. There's also... Um, Mastery is another one of his books. So he has a lot of really great books out there on human behavior. But he has also, if I remember correctly, was talking about how um, a lot of these behaviors that we're learning about uh, develop at an early age. And so when we look at things like when that little 10-year-old um, boy you know, um, off his mother, it was even showing as early as the age of four. Of four, uh, four, four years old. As a matter of fact, the first short that I heard from this young lady, um, her name is Kanika Batra. She was talking about how her parents were worried about leaving pets around her because, um, normally they they tend to harm animals, and so she shared her perspective. And this is so interesting to me too because, I'm gonna go ahead and say it here, um. I have heard, like, sometimes I think that we don't really fully understand everything that comes with these disorders. And one of the things that it seemed like she was trying to make clear, too, is just because I'm I'm diagnosed as a sociopath or I have these, um, you know, this, this diagnosis, I still am able to use critical thinking and understand between right and wrong. And so she talked about how her parents were scared to have pets around her because a lot of us know, like even with the 10-year-old that I was talking about, he was harming a um a little puppy from the age of four. And then he also engaged in arson, I think by the age of six or something like that. So both of those by themselves are are very toxic. But she talks about how she was able to um, eventually get a pet of her own and so much so to the point that, that she ended a relationship because the man was being abusive with her and she was able to, to get outside of herself and to care about her. It was a Siamese cat that she had and to think not just about herself, but about something that she cared about. So, I really like that perspective coming from her too, but again, I wanted to kind of stress that these um disorders are learned and or can be um identified as early as ages of three and four, and she just said that, so let's keep going. This is the only way we can start to relate to other people. I knew that I could make people cry or get them suspended if I use the right words. We know how to elicit emotional responses. We're not at fault. You're not crazy. If you're dealing with an obsessive, toxic sociopath, there's not a whole lot you can do. Make yourself as boring as humanly possible. And that was another thing, excuse me, I wanted to kind of talk about too. You know, it's kind of funny sometimes you might laugh at me and I might be laughing along with you. But even within the last three to six months, I'll say things like, listen, if I have to have darker skin and be phenotypically 
black and have a flat booty. Anything that's going to um, dissuade me from being preyed upon, then so be it. You know what I'm saying? So a lot of us will say, I am glad that I'm not um, uh, uh, attractive to certain types of guys, right? A lot of guys talk about, oh, I want her to be this and that, and I want her to you know, have these, this type, nope, 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 make me as unattractive as possible. Um, I've talked about, okay, if you don't want an educated woman, baby, let me tell you about how I worked my way all the way up to my first year in the doctorate program. If you think that it's unattractive for a woman to be a six-figure earner or more, baby, let me tell you how many comments I got in my checking account. If you think that, being a black woman or, you know, I talk about how even within the last year, because I've been swimming and out in the sun a lot, um, I went from more caramel complected and, and that has its, you know, it it has its um, stigmas that come with that too, from being more like light skin, <laughs> almost kind of on the verge of um, kind of like not, I wouldn't say Michael Jackson is, but um I was the clearer one in the in the family and type of thing. Got teased for being called high yellow, but now I'm really I'm on the darker side. Um and I love it. <laughs> I really, really do. Um but if that's gonna make you stay away from me, then listen, let me stay out in this sun and and get as bronzed as possible. If um and it's funny too, like sometimes just to keep it a little bit light too. I know that there's been talk about like, oh, weave this, weave that. And I'm like, listen, I like to wear my natural hair. But if, if wearing a wig is going to keep you away, let me go get a wig, you know, and not really caring. If you want a woman that's natural, let me put on makeup. If you like a woman with makeup, let me, put, you know, take a... I'm just going to try to make myself as boring as possible. I think that also it's really weird because... You know, the same way that you are trying to impress someone and seek validation, they are willing to, um, it, when you, when you seek validation from other people, it speaks to insecurity, right? Let's, let's kind of like get to the root of that. When you are seeking validation from others, you know, like even when you think about Erica Mena, right? For as pretty as that girl was, she was still seeking validation. And it, it came through things like, well, I'm, you know, whatever I am and, and my hair, I have good hair. And to to someone like um Safari, it's like, oh, this girl is really insecure. She thinks, okay, well, if she really thinks that, then let me, I'm going to give her all the smoke. And she got all the smoke, you know, um... When when you start to um, try to make yourself like even as a benefits package, it can kind of seem like you have insecurities, right? And this is why it's so important too not to to make it seem like you're competing with other women, because um, even the other day, where was I? And this woman was talking so badly about her co her female coworkers. Um, to this one guy and you could tell that they were new in their relationship and he was just eating it up like oh yeah and she was like and she's so dumb she's a dumb how da, 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 da. and she's dumb and I told her this and da, da da and it's like you know even when we think about um how we compare ourselves to other women like the the ex or the 
you know, other girlfriend and that type of thing. This, these are flags that predators look for. And so then with that being said, they, they sell you dreams to, uh, to make it seem like you're gonna get the, you know, an illusion also. Right. And, and it's crazy too, because it now this should help you understand if they're selling you dreams, it's really important for you to to not just listen to what they're saying, but look at what reality has in front of you. You know, what are the real um, what's really happening on a 3D plane? Y'all, I need to go <laughs> take this mask off of my face. Ugh. Give them no material to work with. If you make yourself an easy target, you will be manipulated. And I think that's important too. Learning not to make yourself an easy target, right? Part of it is being aware of the different personality types and what they're looking for and not be so eager to please people to where it becomes your detriment. Another thing too is kind of like, um, I wanted to circle back and talk about this too, but you have to keep in mind that sometimes, and it is on... Mm, <clears throat> It is unfortunate because I think that um, men know that women, for the most part, were really maternal and we really do take comfort in caring not just for them, but for their children um, and making sure that that they're okay. Most women, whether we're conditioned that way or we're born that way, tend to be um, like, uh, what do you call it, people pleasers. And there are people who seek to take advantage of that. And a lot of times we, um, you know, we, we learn our lessons. A lot of the ladies, including myself, we've all learned the hard way, you know, um, and, and it's part of the learning curve. Let me just finish playing this. Especially if you have resources that they want. So she's talking about, especially if you have resources that they want, you know, if you can fix their credit, you have a white couch that they can eat Cheetos off of, and you're willing to go 50-50 on the rent, and or, and um, Priscilla talks about this a lot. One of the reasons that men have a lot of different women is because they go to this woman for, you know, for this amount of rent. As a matter of fact, there was a documentary that Princella covered. Um, I want to say it was last week. And um, uh, several several of my favorite content creators have covered bits and pieces of, of this um, documentary, but it's the one from, I think, is it like 1978 or 1964, where they were, um, they go into the black community and they ask different people, um, you know, about their experiences. And what they found out uh, towards the end is that they were interviewing uh, one of the guys that worked as a security guard, I guess, for the, the company that was doing the interviews. And but he also was mentoring um, the young people and uh, the men and women and the children in that community. And he said part of the reason the men have different um, baby mamas is because they know that each baby mama is going to um, give them a portion of of the money that they get for to take care of the child. So if each mother is getting like, um, back then it was probably like what, like 100 or 200 a month 
he would get $100 from each of the baby mamas. So if he had five and six baby mamas, that's $600. He's living high off of the hog, right? So he's not hitting just one woman for this amount. And then, so then even as you start to unpack it, it kind of makes sense too, because the first, it's like the first sucker is the first person that he's like, oh, well, you know, I'm struggling too. You know, it's easy money. You didn't have to work for it. So just break me off half of the money. And so he's not asking for the full amount, but it's like, if she's getting 200 a month to take care of one or two kids, he's like, okay, give me, give me a hundred. And then now the next woman, cause he had multiple baby mamas. It's like, they're competing. And it's like, well, I'm a better baby mama than her. So I'm going to give him 125. I'm a better baby mama than that one. So I'm going to give him 110. I'm a better baby mama than him. So I'm going to give him the full amount. You know, um, type of a thing. I'm a better baby mama, so I'm gonna let him live here rent free. I'm a better baby mama, so I'm gonna cook all his meals. I'm a better baby mama, so I'm gonna wash his laundry. I'm a better baby mama, so I'm gonna not complain about all the other women. I'm a better baby mama, so I'm not gonna nag him about coming to see his kids. I'm a better baby mama, so I'm not gonna force him to pay for formula and baby diaper stuff or buy my kids shoes. And so then it it was just a whole con running going on there. Um but that was just kind of illustrating how if you have resources um when you start to unpack it one of the reasons men have different women is because there's one that's going to pay his car note, one that's going to do his laundry, one that's going to be, you know, whatever, what have you. And like I said, a lot of times us women, we compete with each other against our own best interest. If something or someone sounds too good to be true, they are. The hardest thing not to fall for is our fake promises. We say them with such sincerity. Sometimes we mean them in the moment. But it's very rare for us to act on them. I just accept people's life plans when they say they want to live with me and buy a house together. Do you think I'd actually do that? (laughs) All right, let me just read the comments real quick and then I'm going to go get this thing off my face. So yeah, one of the the women here, Jazzy, says, I love how honest and transparent you are with us all. And I do appreciate that too. Yeah, I'll go check her out. And so she says, it's like blaming yourself for getting sick from germs. Um, sociopath or not, I never take people by their words. At my age, I've learned people like to hear themselves talk. Show me, don't tell me. And that's important too, because I think if if you've been with me on this journey within the last month or so, you, you've heard me talk about, excuse me, how it's important for us to, especially when it comes to the, the man saying, prove it, show me the actions Show me the tangible results. Don't just go by what they're telling you. Look for physical, hard evidence, right? The proof is in the pudding type of a thing. Um, let me see. So this one says, and this one, this is, let me close out with this one because I can already tell kind of just peeping at it. We've been talking a little bit about who to blame, you know, should we blame certain women for the situation that we're in. And I do believe that a good percentage of women were manipulated and or were dealing with narcissists and or were dealing with sociopaths, right? And so I'm aware (laughs) of, of those situations. And so here it says, I used to 
Um, I used to blame myself when I was in my 20s. I really beat the ish out of myself for believing the false promises and all the BS. And I've been there. <laughs> and like I said, I think there's still a little bit of residue. And you hear me say it too. Like, I'll be like, dang, I wish I had knew. I wish I had was understood what I was dealing with a little bit earlier or sooner. Like, I just didn't know what to look for, or what it sounded like, right? But there's no point in beating yourself up at this point. The point is to not repeat the mistake again, right? It says, but therapy and time has taught me so much. I don't believe the BS anymore. And I definitely don't blame my myself if things pop off. So I'm going to go ahead and like that comment. <laughs> so this one is like, girl, she's like, they have Meryl Streep acting skills. And so this one is, um, I'm, I'm still trying to learn not to blame myself. Um, she says, it's hard. I found that ego plays a huge role. I should have known. I should have this. I should have that. That's just ego talking. She can be very loud and bossy. We really are our own worst enemies. It's effing exhausting. Um... This is interesting. Um, This person says, I've been called, quote unquote, cold and surface for many years. It's not that I'm any of those things. It's that I know the more information you give someone, the more they have to use against you. I've made those mistakes before and they've backfired. So that means I'm surface. Uh, That means I'm surface, then so be it. And again, I think also... um, this this one is important for me too. I think let me kind of nuance this a little bit by saying, you know, you you have to kind of understand that everybody for the most part is going to have an agenda for why they're wanting to talk to you or why they're wanting to get so chummy with you right off the bat. A lot of us are familiar at this turn at this point with um not bread coming. Um yeah, no, no, no. Love bombing. Love bombing. And, and my ex, my last ex definitely did this with me. But it was kind of like in the beginning, just on the phone, you know, chit chatty. And we know everything. And we've talked about our siblings and everything we've done in life. And we went really deep, really fast. Right. And um, I'm even learned to be cautious too when I'm meeting new people. It's kind of like if they're just trying to get into know everything about me, it's like, no, you know, just learn to temper it, allow them to work for the information. And it's something about giving people time to really show you who they are. And a lot of times it's like, Ooh, I'm glad I didn't tell that person a lot because sometimes that person is like the town gossip and, you know, I think it's interesting experiencing it this go around as an adult and going into new places. And because I am, for the most part, most standoffish, and again, I learned my lessons, I will meet people. And then sure enough, three weeks later, you find out that this person talks about other people and gives up their information and they're not talking with this one and talking with that one and they really are leaking information about you and or looking to use it against you in a lot of, of um situations and so yeah I, I think that um 
if you're looking to build relationship with people, build relationships with people. Give it time. You know, give people time to really show who they are. And I'm not saying be deceptive or manipulative. I'm just saying learn how to just piece out what's appropriate. Not everything has to be shared up front and right away. Um, and don't don't feel guilty about that too, I think, either. Um... Oh, sweetheart. This one says, I blame myself for getting that person's attention. You have no idea how much I regret it. This person has NPD, which is a narcissistic personality disorder. And I've talked about that. I wrote a book a little bit talking about um, my experience with that. And I've come a long way from um, understanding what it's like to be around someone with narcissistic personality disorder. And also... I probably could do a follow-up because I've grown so much in the last 12 months, 12 to 16 months. Um, But um, when I first found out, I actually cried. I remember I shared it with you guys on... um, on a, on on a podcast there was a a young woman and sometimes she'll come in on and do some videos and then she'll kind of go back into her scene behind the scenes but the way that she explained it it was almost like she was um a fly on the wall or like she was um stalking me my whole childhood and like telling all of my business type of a thing but I think that as much as that hurt, it's one of those things like the same thing with this, like understanding how sociopaths work and operate. I think that, you know, a lot of us try to work through stuff the best that we we know how. But there is something about knowing what it is that really does give you closure. And it can be a little bit frustrating. I'm not going to say that you have to try to that I, that you're not going to heal if you don't figure out exactly what it is. But it's just kind of like the icing on the cake is the best way I can explain it. Because all up and through that point, it's kind of like I just did as much inner work as I could. But as soon as I knew what I was dealing with, it's like this weight came off my shoulders. I felt like I wasn't alone. And... And then from there, I was able to kind of understand how to structure myself when dealing with those people where now I'm, I feel we, I, you can have a healthy relationship with an NPD, believe it or not, right? Um, and so maybe, you know, as time comes out, I'll kind of share my experience with that a little bit. But so she says here, this person was um, NPD, which is nar- Narcissistic Personality Disorder, and BPD, which is bipolar disorder, um, it it's made me so aware of NPD especially. I didn't realize as a kid growing up that I dealt with someone with it. I couldn't do anything then, but it won't happen again. It and this kind of sucks. This is a little bit sad because if you're a child, how can you blame yourself for that? For that being, there's nothing you can do about it. You know. And I think even as adults, they seek out, like she was saying earlier in her TikTok or in her short, um, you they these behaviors are learned from an early age. So they know which type of people to target. And so if you don't know that, then to a certain degree, you can't beat yourself up. What it, What's done is done. And now you, thank God you're alive. You're able to 
see another day and now you can push forward, you know? Um, it says, I couldn't do anything then, but it won't happen again. It may be extreme, but that's it for me. I'm done. No relationships ever. And you know what? It sounds like she's going through some healing. She kind of sounds like me. I'm like, F relationships. They can kick rocks. Oh my gosh. You know, um, (laughs) and that's okay. I think that's okay. You know? Um, and I'm going to close out with this too. I think as I'm getting close to the 30 minute mark, I do believe that all of us have a purpose in life. And I like, even though this is just the second short that I've heard from her, how amazing is it that she's able to be diagnosed with it, but to share her story and in a way expose it and make us aware of it. But I I get the sense that she's coming um, from the stance of you can have it and still be aware of right and wrong, right? And um, sometimes um, I've heard, sometimes there are... uh, um, Like, we're not, like, okay, so for example, sometimes we'll say that somebody did something because of mental illness, and people who have mental illness will say, listen, I have mental illness, but it has never made me want to harm someone or to do that degree of harm. Like, we are aware of right and wrong, we have therapy, we take our medication, and so at that point, that person is just being manipulative, right? Um... I will try to cite sources of what exactly I'm talking about so that you can um, hear the practical side of it. But part of it is I'm running out of the at the 30 minute mark. I need to go wash my face because I'm just talking through my my lips and my teeth. And I'm pretty sure it sounds funny. All right, my loves, I'm going to go to bed. I'm going to my little one. I guess he chased whatever it was out of the yard. So he's. Back to his regular place. He got himself out of his little blue shirt that we got him. It's so cute. Like, he <laughs> he looks like a little person with the little, like, not a person, but when you know when you put the little shirts on dogs, they look like little people. <laughs> but he got out of it, so I'll just put it back on him tomorrow um, and stuff. But he's... He's there just being his little rude self. All right. I will talk to y'all later. Until the next one. Bye.